Welcome to Be the Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. If you've been exploring the personal growth space, you've probably heard versions of these statements. Check in with your intuition or trust your gut, which is all well and good and what I believe to be really great, solid advice when you actually know how to connect with this intuitive, wise part of you. In my experience, part of moving through the world more authentically is reconnecting with this wise, intuitive part of us and learning to build this trust muscle with our intuition and to stop outsourcing our decision-making. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this episode. In this episode, I'm giving you a sneak peek into a conversation with one of my oldest best friends and spiritual mentors, Kimberly Manley. Throughout the almost 20 years of knowing Kim, she has been my go-to person for intuitive and spiritual guidance. Throughout the years, she has helped me learn the language and communication of my own intuition and has really supported me in moving forward with my own wise, intuitive decisions. Kim is an intuitive and a student and teacher of mindfulness and intentional thought. I'm really excited because currently she's working to create a workbook to help other people like you align their vibration towards health, abundance, and inner peace. Keep listening to tune into my conversation with my friend, Kim. Earlier today, before this conversation, I was thinking about how I wanted to introduce you. And the first thing that came up for me is, of course, you're one of my best friends and one of my oldest and longest friends. But also these words came in as like, you are one of my spiritual mentors. And so I'm excited to invite you into this space. And I'm curious, how does that introduction feel for you as a spiritual mentor? Thank you. It feels super warm. Mm. feels really good because I think of you. I feel like there's a part of like a spiritual partnership or a spiritual mentorship where it's a two-way street. But I do see in moments where I've learned from you and where you've learned from me. And so that feels really warm and special and also really gratifying. So thank you. I'm excited for this conversation because we're going to be talking about how do you come back to yourself and your intuition and stop outsourcing decision-making. And I know for me, you're that person that I call if I'm needing support in that. So I'm really glad that I got you on a microphone and we're able to share this with the world. And so much about decision-making is really, um, and helping somebody else make a decision, right. Is about helping them to come to terms with what their decision would be versus Mm -hmm. what you think their decision would be. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah. I'm so glad that you named that here on the front end, because I don't think a lot of us have met other people in their decision-making in that supportive energy. I know a lot of people that I work with client-wise will ask me my thoughts on things or what decisions they should make. And whenever I invite them to check in with themselves and ask themselves that question, they get really uncomfortable. Yeah. I have some people in my life as well who, when I try to talk them through like, well, what do you want to do? To be quite honest, I think people sometimes even know that they have trouble making decisions for themselves or they know they feel disconnected. And I think there's, there's two sides of it. It's the side where it's just our natural inclination to ask, what do others around me think? And then there's also the inclination of I'm so disconnected with what my inner being is actually saying that when someone prompts me to try to connect with that inner being, I'm not even sure how to do it anymore. 
Mm-hmm. What's coming up for me right now is I don't think that there's going to be an episode of this podcast where I'm not talking about codependency, but I feel like, you know, really honing in on what you're saying, like there's layers of codependency. Ooh, how will my decision make other people feel? Or even if people are asking me my feedback on their decision, my codependency comes in of I'm wanting them to make a decision that makes me less distressed. And then also you're speaking to that other piece of, Hey, when we actually do tune in, how do we know what we want? How do we know what we deserve? desire? How do we know what our intuition is actually saying? It is a, I don't know if social construct is the right word, but there is something socially important about when you're making a decision, understanding the impacts to others, right? Like Mm -hmm. that is not a bad thing, but sometimes we can over index on how is this going to impact others? Is this really going to impact others at all? And then Mm -hmm. also what are the choices they would make versus the choice that I would make? And I think that's for me, the biggest part that I've learned in the last, you know, decade or so around being able to make my own decisions is really about being able to hear my own voice. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm getting input from other people, I think maybe this is jumping ahead a little bit, but there's a piece about when you're listening to others, your inner being is saying, Hey, I agree with this, or I disagree with this, or Mm -hmm. this feels good, or that doesn't feel good. And when Mm -hmm. we're asking other people for advice or we're throwing um, our ideas at them, really their responses are about us understanding, okay, how is my inner being reacting to what they're saying or what they're suggesting? And Mm -hmm. that's really the key for how we can use our social connections and our support connections to help us hear ourselves and make our decisions or take the actions we want to take, even when we're partnering with others. Mm -hmm. But I always tell people like seek wise counsel and then make a conscious choice from there. And I love what you're saying because we spoke about this maybe a couple of weeks ago in a phone call of how do we take the information and advice or energy from other people and interpret it through our own lens. It's kind of like checks and balances of, Ooh, is this my truth? Does this resonate with me? What they're saying and learning how to decipher that and move forward with decisions that are aligned with you and not just making decisions because other people invited you to do that. Yeah. I can think of two main times in my life where I knew what decision, well, one time when I knew what decision I wanted to make, but I was checking in with other people. And Mm -hmm. then one time when I wasn't quite sure what decision I wanted to make. And I think how checking in with other people maybe confused the process. Mm -hmm. It might be helpful to just kind of revisit what those kind of things look and feel like because they're happening all the time to your listeners and to people in general, but it can be really helpful to start pointing at them when they do happen. So I remember, I think it would probably be around like 2012, 2013. I was uh, working for a publisher. I was editing books. I was super unhappy. I thought it was going to be my dream job, but it wasn't. I was not connecting to the work. I didn't feel successful in the work. And I had an opportunity to take a road trip across the country. Mm-hmm. I knew hands down, this was a decision I wanted to make. Yeah. It's interesting at that time though, I thought a lot about, okay, well, I just, you know, I just got, I just graduated. This is my first really long-term job. My parents helped support me during my college. I thought about, okay, I've only been in this job for six months. My job is relying on me. Mm-hmm. I thought about what would it look like to other people? And that's both, ooh, it would look really cool to other people because I'm going to go on this road trip. And also, are people going to think I'm a bum? Mm -hmm. And as I started talking to my dad, my uncle, my friends, all of their voices came in. And I realized during that process that I was just trying to prove my point. 
Right. So Mm -hmm. while it was feeling very confusing and their voices were making me even like second guess, what did I already know Mm -hmm. over time? As I was talking to more and more people, the confusion was still underlined with, let me prove to you why this is something I have to do. And it was like Mm -hmm. to let, to like really take control of my decision. I had to get like so upset and prove to everybody that like, I knew what I was doing with this decision Mm -hmm. Uh, when really that decision was mine all along. And if I could have grounded at that time into it, it would have been like an easier, I think less emotionally charged decision. I think of Mm -hmm. also when I decided to move from Seattle to Los Angeles, that was a time where things were really calm in Seattle. I didn't want to uproot my life. I did want to move to Los Angeles for certain reasons, but like I was really scared of having to start all over again. And I remember Mm -hmm. being at that time really picky and choosy about who I spoke to because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I needed some people, I needed to talk to people in my life who were going to help me hear myself. So I knew that talking to people who were invested in it. Like I love my sister, but my sister lived in California at that time. (laughs) Talking with her was not helpful because she told me, you know, move here. That Mm -hmm. wasn't helpful because I didn't need her decision. I needed people like you and some other contacts that would help me hear myself. Um, And so kind of taking that first experience where I spoke to everybody and any and everybody Mm -hmm. and anywhere just to confirm my decision, then being really picky a few years later and saying, I'm only going to speak to the people who are going to listen to me and tell me what they hear me saying so Mm -hmm. I can better hear myself instead. Yeah. I'm writing a few of these things down. So I don't forget to speak to these because I just love so much of what you just said. And I want to go with that first story is the energy of we're asking everyone and their brother, because we don't know how to anchor and to fully listen to ourselves. And we work really hard to try to get the answer to confirm what we already know. And so I love to ask myself in those moments. I'd be curious your thoughts of, Hey, what is my intention with asking so-and-so? Or you're like, I want to make this decision. I'm not sure what to do. I'm going to call my mom, for example. Well, why are you calling your mom? Doing that check-in with yourself and checking like who's actually calling my mom, that part of me that is wise and intuitive, or that part of me that feels like a little kid that wants an adult to tell me what to do or someone to confirm what I already know. So I, I like to think of it like that too, of like, what is the energy in which we're checking with people and who are we asking? Because in that second story, you could tell your energy. And of course it was years later. I know you anchored more into who you are and learning to trust yourself even deeper. I really love what you said about, I was asking people to help me hear my intuition and to tell me what they hear me saying to help mirror that back. Just really love the energy of that. It felt really big in my body when you said it. Mm, Well, and back to what you were saying around the reasons we reach out to other people or we start outsourcing our decision-making or outsourcing what we think our sense of self should be. Those Mm. could be because in the past we felt like those decisions we made were wrong. That might be because we feel like we owe other people something. That might be because truly we feel conflicted and it feels really big and powerful and scary to have to make that decision and everything that comes with it just by ourselves. If someone else helps us to make our decision while we, not that we're going to lay blame on them, but we know like, well, we're not alone and it wasn't just me. I don't have to shoulder the weight of how my life turns Mm -hmm. out, but then you're also missing you can miss the opportunity if you make a decision that's not fully aligned with yourself to then realize the experiences that like you're really craving for. Mm -hmm. 
the phrase, the truth of the moment comes up for me because when we're outsourcing like that and I'm moving my hands kind of erratically, it feels like that. It's almost like anxious for me when I do it. When we're doing that, we're not really being present in the truth of what is. And sometimes the truth of what is, is I'm about to make this decision that might make people upset or is really expansive for me. And I feel scared about what it will mean for me, my relationships, my life. And when we're able to really be present in like, Hey, what is the truth? What's actually going on? Why am I checking in with everyone that I can and asking their opinion or their validation? What do I need in this moment to anchor and get quiet and actually listen to myself? And you know, Danny, as you're talking, I can see you uh, since we are on video right now. And one of the things I notice is when you're talking about anchoring yourself and really coming to terms with what you and your inner being are saying, I feel in the same place as I'm watching you, you're like holding your chest, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of holding like below where your shoulders would be when you're mm-hmm. talking about grounding. And as, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I think a lot of when we start outsourcing our decision-making, outsourcing our choices, a lot of times it's that competition actually between should I be listening to my thoughts or should I be listening to my heart in quotes or like Mm -hmm. is there a different voice beside my thoughts when I think Mm -hmm. about some of the most challenging decisions I've had to make or even just simple decisions that just had a lot of heaviness or uh, mind fuzz it was a lot around I'm trying to listen to my heart, but my brain is so loud Mm -hmm. that I think I need to talk to other people to sort out what my brain is saying Mm -hmm. when a lot of times maybe we just need to learn how to connect with our inner being, our heart, our wisdom, and help the brain kind of quiet down. The brain can be really helpful, but the brain also and our thought processes, I believe, are almost magnetic to one another. They attract one another. So sometimes you start going with a thought with your brain and it's just Mm going to keep on going. And that thought may or may not be useful. And when it comes to listening to yourself and decision making, there's actually a different part of you that is normally speaking if you start to get quiet enough to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. And in my experience, now when I get a lot of that mental noise, I use it as a cue to get quiet and get grounded and be still so that I can actually hear what my heart is saying. I don't think a lot of us are taught that we can do that. That's an option. And we're not taught how. And at least that has been my experience a little bit. I will say, you know, I did have a family that really was supportive of my intuition and asking, well, what do you think? And even in those wild decisions I would make, I would say intuitively, I feel like this is the right one. And they would support me even if they didn't understand. So I feel really blessed in that because that helped me learn how do I anchor and move forward whenever I'm receiving that information. But a lot of us don't get that. Yeah, that's very interesting, Danny. You know, because I think about my family bring, upbringing too. I'm someone like you. I did have a very supportive family, supportive parents that when I was making decisions, they would generally support what that decision was. I'm thinking about one really big decision that I made, like when I was 12, 13 years old, my parents said, yep, we support you on this. Let's go forward. And so I do think that's really important, but I also think it's good to note that is helpful, but not everybody has that. What are the ways that we can start listening to ourselves, even if we don't get that validation? Because there's also been times in your life and my life that like we made choices that were not aligned with what family members or close contacts would have agreed with. And in Mm -hmm. those moments, 
what are the things that allowed us to make those choices or be grounded in them and stand up for what we wanted. Mm -hmm. Just quickly, I feel like one of the first things that comes up for me is giving yourself permission or being open to the idea that you have an intuitive part of you and you can receive guidance if you're creating the space to hear that guidance. I think that was my first step of, oh, wait, I I can make decisions. You know, I do have a guidance system and I'm curious what your thoughts would be on like how to start or where to start. I actually think, Danny, that it can start really simply as you're Mm -hmm. speaking to that. I think about what are all the little decisions or the things that you know about yourself that happen on a daily basis and maybe all day long. Mm -hmm. You probably woke up this morning and decided, did you want a cup of tea? Did you want a coffee? Did you want a water? Probably woke up this morning and went to your closet and picked up one shirt or two shirts and said, which one do I want? And you just decided to go with the white shirt versus Mm -hmm. an orange shirt, right? Those are actually the starting points of your inner self or your inner being or the true you making decisions throughout your day that are super simple. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's easy to brush those off because they become routine. They become Mm -hmm. things that we just do. And sometimes they actually become things that are habitual that maybe aren't connected. But I think if we ground into some of the smaller decisions, that's a really good way to start hearing the voice and realizing that there is a being that's making decisions underneath the surface. When Mm -hmm. you are picking out your color shirt, when you're picking out tea or coffee, you're oftentimes not really paying attention to the thought in your brain or the feeling in your chest. You're just Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, today I want coffee. Mm -hmm. But that is yourself directing you to what feels good in the moment. And that's the same thing as, do I want to live in Seattle? Do I want to live in Los Angeles? It seems so big and drastically different, but really that's the same voice. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's the little things, paying attention to those little things first, and then using that to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I think you can even create an exercise around that. You know, I think about something silly I do, but like when I get out of the shower, a lot of times I have all my bath towels are different colors. When I get out of the shower, sometimes I'll reach for one towel and be like, oh, actually not that color. And I'll reach for a different one. And Mm -hmm. as simple as it is, I try to honor that impulse and honor that communication that says, no, choose yellow, not blue. Mm -hmm. And not to ask too many questions about why necessarily, but to just Mm -hmm. trust that instinct that today it's this color, not that. And I think those little games or those little validations of that Mm -hmm. voice then kind of give you yourself and give that voice the okay to keep talking more or keep giving me, keep giving me more. Mm -hmm. What makes me think of an exercise that I was doing, and I was trying to do it more intentionally to build and strengthen that relationship with my intuition. And I like to ask that question, like, does it make me expand or contract? And so I was able to go intuitively with that first answer and notice what it feels like in my body. And so, I mean, as I'm saying expand, I mean, I'm moving my hands out. It feels like my heart's open. It feels good. It feels exciting, feels positive. And then contract meaning, oh, okay, I'm falling in on myself. It doesn't mean it's always going to be a no, but it just means not right now. You know, it feels closed off. And so I would do that. I remember I was trying to cut down on coffee and caffeine and I would ask myself, does having another cup of coffee make me expand or contract? And to be honest, I hated when it was contract, when I really wanted (laughs) that (laughs) cup of coffee or even going to work. Does going this way make me expand or contract or this other route expand or contract? And I did exactly what you're saying on these 
these smaller, not life-threatening, major life decisions so that I could get in relationship with my intuition and what it felt like in my body, what it felt like to follow that quick response and not spend too much time thinking about it. So when those bigger decisions came up, career changes, changes in partnerships, ending relationships, going on road trips, moving, things that felt more emotionally charged, I knew that, hey, I can anchor in myself and trust myself in these decisions. So Danny, when you were speaking, you were talking about what feels expansive or contractive. And when you speak to that, it feels very based in like your energy or how like you feel some version of energy is, is feeling big, Mm -hmm. almost like I think of a balloon being Mm -hmm. blown up or being deflated. Mm -hmm. I also noticed too, because those inclinations that Mm -hmm. our inner inner being or our self will communicate to us can be different from person to person. Mm -hmm. And it can be different from like moment to moment sometimes. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about expanding, contracting again, I can see you, but also when you speak, I can feel that for me, expansion makes me feel like, oh, my shoulders are sitting back. I feel like my posture is good. My shoulders are in alignment and contraction actually feels like, oh, I'm hunched over. It feels Mm -hmm. like I'm physically condensing my body in space. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's maybe a weight on my back. Another way to say that is weightlessness on my shoulders. I feel it's really easy to put my shoulders back versus a a physical weight of some sort or um, a mental weight on my shoulders, making me hunch forward. Those are kind of indications. And that's the same thing as feeling expansive or constrictive, but maybe in different terms. And I do think that's important because your body and your being will communicate differently each time. I think subtly when we're talking about like food, like, do you want to eat this, drink this or not? Sometimes it's the difference. Like I can sometimes feel that in my throat. Sometimes Mm. something feels refreshing and like, Ooh, that's going to feel good. Sometimes it feels more like, Ooh, it almost as much as I physically want those potato chips, it actually makes me feel like I might throw up. Not Mm -hmm. in the moment, but like there's that little, again, expansion of the throat or contraction of the throat as it relates to my taste buds or swallowing that food. Mm -hmm. What you're speaking to is learning the language of your body. These are embodiment techniques that are reconnecting you to your actual vessel so that you can hear these different communications. Because one of my things, I think I've, well, I know I've definitely said this to you, is like I talk about my zingers. And for me, if it's something that feels like a truth to me, like maybe something that you're saying to me in conversation, I will, not all the time, but sometimes I'll light up. It feels like head to toe and I just feel like my energy's buzzing. And for me, I've learned, okay, that happens in moments where I really resonate or something feels true that someone else is saying. Maybe I'm reading something, maybe listening to a podcast. And so that's another thing for me that I know intuitively, Ooh, that's a yes for me. I want to lean more into that. I'd be curious. Do you have anything like that? When you were speaking to that, I thought of two things. One, almost like, like a happy little flutter in my heart Mm. that goes like, like almost like an extra little patter, but in a good way, not in a scary way, but in like an excitement way, like, oh my goodness, I'm on a roller coaster type of feeling Mm. or almost like a pain or like a pinch in my chest or in my heart that Mm. feels like, oh, that, that was a little weird. Not like a deep pain, not like a physical pain, but just a little like, oh, I almost want to protect myself feeling. I think that can also be an indicator. Another thing that comes to mind when we're talking about like, what are those things in the moment that light us up or maybe feel make us feel less light mm-hmm. is maybe in that moment feeling like, Oh, I want to hear more about this or mm-hmm. Ooh, I really wish you would stop talking. <laughs> um, and maybe it doesn't have to be that drastic, but mm-hmm. there is that feeling of what this person is saying makes 
feels good. I want to know more. Keep going. This is exciting versus, okay. And it can be anything from, okay, this is boring or, oh, I don't want to hear this anymore. Or, oh, this is, this doesn't feel good. This makes me feel bad. Those mm-hmm. can also be indicators of, of what you want to lean into and what your inner being is saying, go in this direction for or not. This is coming up for me right now. So I want to speak and lean into it and just trust the timing of it. And I know you named this earlier in this episode. I like to call this intuition wounding and those moments in time when we maybe thought we were following our intuition or we did follow our intuition and something happened that maybe was emotionally painful. For me, at least in my experiences, I kind of fell in on myself and I would say a narrative of, I can't trust myself to make decisions. And so I think sometimes this process is, like we said, creating relationship with your intuitive part and coming back to your body and also doing some repair there repair and that, oh, I can trust myself and recognize it. Oh, there were moments when I felt like I couldn't or moments when I was mad at myself for making certain decisions because it brought me pain. And for whatever reason, that felt like really important to say in this moment. So I'm curious your thoughts on it. I think in those moments, and this is the tough part, this can be the tough part of listening to yourself. I think those moments are one about finding accountability and deeper relationship with yourself. And I think it's also an invitation for us to understand that our self is going to lead us to decisions and it is going to lead us to experiences. And there is usually a worthwhile learning experience or development that is tied to those things, but they still can be painful. They still Mm -hmm. can be confusing. And Mm -hmm. yourself is never going to actively pull you into something that is intentionally like dangerous, right? Or like unhealthy, but it will lead you to places that allow you to recognize maybe something dangerous or unhealthy that has been within your space. It might lead you to some uncomfortable places to help you hear what's trying to be said. When I think about the moments where I would make a decision. There was a time in my life where I would make a decision and it felt like as soon as I made that decision, there would have been 20 different paths. And as soon as I made that decision, all 19 of them fell away and it was only one. And that felt really mm. scary, especially in relationships with other people, because it felt like mm-hmm. that one decision could impact not just me, but a variety of people and a variety of outcomes. And that can be a very heavy place to be with, but those things, and maybe this is retrospectively, this is part of the learning. Those things have led me here to this moment with you. Could Mm -hmm. things be better or worse? Who knows? Right now I know I'm healthy. I'm safe. I'm enjoying the day here and I'm enjoying being with you. So whatever those decisions had been, whatever I learned and matured through then has brought me to here. And so trusting yourself. I think that even if it does lead you to places that are a little bit painful, I don't believe in everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that every decision or everything you've done up till now has led you to now, you know, that's not fatalistic and it's also not fate. It just means that we've been given the opportunity to learn and experience and maybe relearn based on the choices we've made. It makes me think of that book you recommended, The Life You Were Born to Live by Dan Millman. And there was a line in my life path number, and gosh, you recommended that book five years ago to me, six. It's been a while. But I remember reading this line and essentially, I mean, this will be paraphrasing, but it was a version of sometimes your intuition will lead you to make decisions that you might think are mistakes, but they're not mistakes at all. Mm. And that changed my life. 
that changed my life. And I think from probably that moment, I started coming back to my intuition and saying, oh, if I'm following my intuition, it will be expansive and I can trust that. And I even think in moments this last year where I made intuitive decisions and now I'm shifting certain decisions. And I had a quick moment where it's like, oh my gosh, maybe I didn't follow my intuition. And then I'm able to pump the brakes and say, no, actually I did follow my intuition and it led me here and I gained these experiences. So now I'm more prepared for this next moment. And that has been really just, even as I'm talking about it, I feel free and expansive. It feels good to know that I can trust myself, even if it's not working out in the way I humanly think it should work out. (laughs) It's always expansive. Okay. So I imagine I can hear our listener being like, well, that's well and good, but like, how do you even get to a point where you can trust yourself for those decisions that maybe aren't turning out immediately like you thought they would or uh, seem scary or restrictive once they're made? How do you build that trust with yourself? And I think part of that, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well, is I think you have to take an inventory a little bit. Um, I think you need to, one, ground into the moment and really get clear on what is happening here right now. And is this, am I in a place of space of negativity or are there things in this space that are positive, that are working towards my benefit, are things that are helping me to grow in the direction I was hoping for? And then also take an inventory of the decisions you've made before and really be clear about where have they led you. I Mm -hmm. think when we do that, I think it's very easy to look at a decision or look at where you are now and point to the things that maybe we don't like or the things that feel scary or the things that don't feel good. But if we switch the script a little bit and we say, okay, let me intentionally understand where am I really? Mm -hmm. What are the things that are feeling uncomfortable? What are the things that actually do feel comfortable? And if I look back at my decisions, what are those things that felt uncomfortable in the moment? But really, if I look around them, what was feeling good around them that maybe I just didn't see? I think retrospectively doing that can help someone start to trust what those decisions were that maybe they judged in the past or maybe felt not, you know, 100% perfect at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. What I love everything that you said, and I, I agree with it because there's so much information there in those past lived experiences that you can really, again, like we've been saying, reconnect with your intuition and say, oh yes, I can actually trust myself. It's okay that it didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to, but I can trust myself to keep making decisions that are expansive. And I think for me, it goes back to those smaller decisions and learning how do I anchor into myself and getting acquainted with my intuition and just taking one step forward, one decision at a time and really being conscious of those decisions, even if they do feel small, but just knowing, oh, I can keep myself safe. I can make good decisions. And sometimes like I was just talking to my boyfriend about this earlier about a job that I felt like was intuitive. And I think it was at the time to take. And then I got there and I realized, oh my gosh, I need to leave. I don't know if you remember this. This was a few years ago, but I was like in distress. My body was saying, get out of here. I wanted to abandon myself and not tune into my body because I'm like, well, 
dang, I thought I followed my intuition and now my body's communicating. And what I think now looking back, because I did listen to my body and I did say, Oh, I need to set some boundaries. I need to speak up for myself. I need to say, this isn't working for me. I think I'm going to leave. And that was a really short experience that pretty immediately felt distressing when I followed my intuition and said, yes, I will do this job. But from that, I learned, Oh, I can speak up in uncomfortable situations. I now know what it feels like in my body when people, you've already mentioned this earlier in the episode, but like when people or environments feel unsafe, Ooh, got that information. And now I'm less likely to stay in those situations and relationships when they feel like that in my body. So although it was distressing and I know you were one of those people that I probably called every other day and was like, what do I need to do? (laughs) I gotta go. But gosh, I got so much information there that actually helped me be closer to myself because I love me enough at this point. I'm more connected to that self-love to trust my intuition and to follow what is expansive because I know that's not going to hurt myself or it's not going to hurt those people around me. I can trust that. And just to kind of restate, you know, in that moment, it felt distressing. And even looking back, there might be parts of it that look and feel distressing, but Mm -hmm. it's that getting the other information, looking around that distress, looking around um, what's going on there to see what other information is happening. What other Mm -hmm. decisions are you making because of that distress that then is your intuition in the moment communicating? So Mm -hmm. like, how are we breathing? When you say that, it makes me think about how are you breathing? When a decision feels good, often we feel like we're getting in all of the oxygen we need. When we breathe, it feels like it's not just in our lungs, but it's also like in our diaphragm. Mm -hmm. When something feels constrictive or feels distressing or feels like this is a no for me, sometimes it feels like I can't get enough breath or the breath that I am getting Mm -hmm. is super short or super shallow. And Mm -hmm. so while I wasn't in your body or in your being during that time, I wonder if as you're speaking, if some of those were indicators as well. And I think also from what you said is sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we are disconnected from our body enough. All we know is I want to run or something Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good or I feel itchy or I feel twitchy, you know, those are indications too. And again, different for everybody and different in different situations, even with the same body. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think because it was so long ago and at that point I was really anchored with myself that what I'm remembering isn't maybe those body sensations. What I'm remembering is that more phrasing of get out of here, go, Mm. this isn't safe. Like it was more of just like, I think the words coupled with the body sensation, but I feel like the words felt so loud and the language that I felt like I was getting intuitively that I'm not fully able to speak to that body sensation. But as you're asking me that and speaking to that, it just makes me think of an exercise that I'll do a lot with clients is I'll have them bring up a distressing situation and not something that's going to stir your trauma or throw you in a trauma place, but just something that was distressing for you. And then taking a moment and as if you're watching a movie and watching this event happen, noticing what's happening in your body, your body's cues, just starting head to toe, noticing tightness, tension, sensation, anything that your body's doing, and then journaling about it, taking notes, really noticing and being present in that, and then doing a visualization about something that felt exciting, like a moment in time that felt joyful, Mm -hmm. expansive, and good, and doing the same thing, watching it like a movie, like a visualization, and then noticing what's happening in your body. And that's been really helpful for a lot of people to 
that I work with to get to know their body sensations. Understand, ooh, how does my body communicate to me? And I know we've used this phrase earlier, but like, what is the language of your body? I love that exercise. Yeah, I think that definitely connects to some of the things we've spoken here today around how do you learn to trust? And trust is one, you know, the trust in being able to make worthwhile decisions or decisions that are going to lead you to places of joy. But trust is also about learning what the signals are. Like there's two different types of trust. There's the trust Mm -hmm. that like things are going to always work out great, right? That's one type of trust. There's Mm -hmm. also just the very base level trust of I can understand you and I trust you to communicate regardless of what you are communicating. And when I say you, I'm really thinking about that, that inner being or that self. Mm -hmm. I promise if you start thinking about the decisions you have made for yourself without outsourcing to somebody, which can be as simple as what's the shirt that you're wearing? What are you drinking? Where do you want to go eat dinner? I promise that if you pay attention to those moments and you take inventory of the moments where you have done that, it will become easier for you to make more complicated decisions Mm -hmm. based on your decision-making versus others. And Mm -hmm. it's okay if you don't do it all the time. It's okay if you outsource from time to time as you learn this process. But I really encourage everyone to look back and think about all the times that they've made decisions for themselves and then notice them, notice how they turned out right or how they turned out well, even if it's just because you felt good in that shirt that day. Mm-hmm. And the next time a decision comes up, remind yourself of, you know, choosing that shirt that mm-hmm. I think will help ground into the idea that I can make decisions. I can make decisions that feel good. And as those decisions become more and more complicated, um, I think listeners will become more and more grounded in feeling confident in being able to trust their own decision-making and trust those little voices um, or communications that come from their body, their, their higher self, their inner being, their intuition, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I just love you. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me to this conversation. Uh, My inner being and my intuition is like super buzzy right now and grateful. So thank you. Yeah. Kim, if someone is wanting to connect with you outside of this episode, what's the best way to reach you and connect? Best place to connect um, and see what else I'm doing is on Instagram. Handle is from the Manly House, M A N L E Y, from the Manly House. It feels good to actually record one of our conversations because for years and years, we've been giggling and saying, we need to just record what we're talking about. So this feels really expansive to actually be recording this conversation (laughs) and inviting other people into it. I love you. I love you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be The Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.